Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me virtually is Dane. Dane, how you doing, man? Wags, social distancing, doing well, excited to talkers and the NFL draft here. Absolutely, and it's uh, really amazing to kind of think about how quickly this draft is coming up, and uh, there's going to be uh, quite a bit of um, discussion here, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we've seen a lot of reports coming out. The Packers are doing some uh, pre-draft interviews with a number of prospects. Uh, and uh, everybody's got opinions on who we should take in the first several rounds, at, at least. Uh, so I think today, Dane, what we were going to try to do is just focus on the top uh, three rounds or so and look at some of the position groups uh, that the Packers clearly have a need for, and then have a discussion on uh, who those top prospects are. Because uh, I think it's, um, it's a cliche, but certainly we expect to take the best player available uh, at each of these rounds. So we're not, I'm going to sit here and predict that we're for sure taking a wide receiver in the first round, or we're sh- for sure going to take a linebacker, um, or whatever that might be. But um, I think there's, there's definitely a pool of players that, you know, should be available at, at each of those selections. Um, so uh, why don't we just take a look and see um, uh, who might be available at some of those positions if need. And then, of course, we'll see how things roll out as the draft unfolds. Um, so, Dane, before we get started in that, I think one of the things that I'd like to find out from you is... What do you think some of those uh, uh, positions of need are from your perspective? I mean, certainly uh, it would seem that wide receiver and linebacker are, you know, two obvious positions. But are there a couple of other positions that you feel the Packers may invest uh, a day one or day two pick in? Yeah, this is what's so interesting, Wags, about uh, the the Packers draft this year uh, over other years. I think the most glaring need certainly is another playmaker at the wide receiver position. Uh, however, a case can be made that we need a another defensive uh, tackle uh, to come in and and compete. I know we signed Wagner uh, for uh, from Detroit, uh, but wouldn't be shocking to see a youth movement over there on the right right side. Uh, of the offensive line. Um, the Kirksey signing at middle linebacker was wonderful, uh, but we could always use another inside linebacker there. Uh, wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility, Wags, to see a uh, off or excuse me, a defensive tackle with Kenny Clark uh, to pair with Kenny Clark and make this D line even more dangerous than it already is. And Wags, my dark horse position, call me crazy. Uh, we've got a lot of depth there, uh, but cornerback, believe it or not, the more I've thought about it, Kevin King going into the last uh, year of his deal, Jair Alexander is clearly on the ascent in his career. We love what Shandon Sullivan's doing, so a lot of youth there, but perhaps another guy to mix it in because you can never have enough defensive backs. So all that's to say, Wags, I think the Packers have a lot of opportunity to, to go a lot of different directions. Uh, but I will tell you, if I had my way about me, I know that it's a deep wide receiver uh, draft. However, 
if the Packers have a guy that they think is a playmaker that could be there at 30, um, you got to go wide receiver, I think. Give Aaron Rodgers another weapon and then let the rest of the chips fall where they will because with the free agent signings the Packers have made this year, uh, while there's still a need at offensive tackle, there's still a need at inside linebacker, it's not quite as immediate as it once was. So, Wags, dollars for donuts, man. I say wide receiver round one. All right. That's interesting that you'd mentioned cornerback. So, Dane, uh, before we dive into that wide receiver group, uh, what about quarterback? There's been a, a lot of smoke around, particularly Jordan Love. Uh, he's a kid that uh, is projected to slide into that late first round area. And the Packers, it seems at least, are sending out a lot of feelers and uh, they're not an organization that tends to play around a lot when it comes to the draft. So do you think that the Packers are going to be looking at a possible high round pick uh, and uh, potentially trying to find that heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers? Wait, it's a great question. I'm curious what you think as well. I mean, Jordan Love, big kid, Utah State quarterback, 6'4", uh, great arm. Um, I think that a lot of folks could see him around that 30 range. I'll t and we've interviewed him. Uh, we had a, a, a pre-draft interview set up with him. All that's to say, Wags, I don't think there's a chance in heck that the Packers are drafting this young man. I think that the Packers uh, see a lot of worth at the wide receiver position um, uh, throughout the draft. I think that uh, some of the other position groups that they want uh, could just as easily be had maybe early in the second round. Um, if there's a run on quarterbacks and uh, there's a quarterback needy team, how many years, Wags, have we seen a quarterback a team trade back into the first round, late in the first round, and take what they think is their guy at the quarterback position? I think that it's no different this year with Jordan Love, and the Packers are checking him out doing their due diligence to see what his worth really is. But I think that it's more likely the Packers trade out of the first round uh, to a team that wants Jordan Love than it is that the Packers take Jordan Love. Yeah, and I was going to mention that as a possibility later, depending on when that came up. So I think that's a I, – I definitely agree with you, by the way, on potentially trading out of the first round. When you have that 30 pick, uh, those last few picks of the first round are very valuable. Um, and it usually is not the worst idea to try to leverage that into getting an additional – um, early day two selection. So that might be a possibility for a team like the Packers, um, especially considering how deep this wide receiver group is, uh, that uh, another team that may uh, really highly value getting that first round pick because with a quarterback, the main thing that you're looking at is first round uh, pick, they have that fifth year team option. And so certainly with a quarterback, that's, that's a significant uh, advantage. So you want to try to get that fifth year team option if it's a guy that you're going to draft at that position um, versus that wide receiver. It's it's not quite as important. So um, that's a, a great observation. More importantly for me, Dane, uh, when we come to the quarterback discussion is, is that really the right time to be trying to find Aaron Rodgers replacement? We talked a little bit in some of the offseason uh, pod discussion we've had so far with the number of quarterbacks that are on the market right now, for me, I would much prefer that we let things play out a little bit longer, pick up one of these veteran quarterbacks on a team-friendly one-year contract, 
and let that guy be the backup for maybe the next year or two for Aaron Rodgers. And then let's take a look at maybe um, finding that next guy. Um, if we draft a quarterback now and Aaron wants to play another three or four years, by the time uh, that kid's ready to go, he's going to be coming off this rookie deal already. And now we've lost a lot of the advantage that you have when you draft that young quarterback. So yes, it's nice to be able to let that guy sit for a year or two, uh, the way that Aaron was able to do. But um, you've also got to look at the financial situation. And if Aaron wants to keep playing for three or four more years or longer, then I think it makes sense to hold off at least a couple more years. Um, and who knows? Maybe they've had discussions, and that's what Aaron's saying publicly. In reality, he's told the team, I've got two years left. I don't know. You don't know. But um, if he really intends to play for four more years, I'd rather wait a couple more years and not get too cute in trying to um, you know, waste a valuable roster spot uh, when we could upgrade uh, the talent elsewhere on the roster. I totally agree, Wags. And I, I really think that this is, a lot of Packer fans see this as a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers situation part two. I um, just Favre year to year. He was a year to year guy at that point in his career, right? He every year was kind of like contemplating, did he want to play another year? Did he not? Aaron Rodgers publicly has stayed for his entire career. Gary recently said legacy is important to him and that he wants to be a Packer that entire time. Um, he just re-inked a, a very term deal. Uh, I believe he wants to play until he's 40 and that he wants to play until he's 40 with the Packers. Um, and for all of his wags, I couldn't agree more. I just don't see this as the time. Two years from now, maybe. Uh, but right now, I just don't think it's right. The team who has stated time and again um, that they want to get Aaron Rodgers more explosive playmakers, uh, they've dabbled in free agency, but they haven't gone and gotten that young compliment to Devontae Adams. This is their opportunity to do so. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think we're pretty well aligned there, Dane, uh, when it comes to quarterback. So why don't we dive into the wide receiver discussion? Because I think that's certainly for – the Packers, uh, clearly their biggest need, and I think also um, going to be the most hotly debated topic amongst uh, Packer fans in terms of which of these guys seems to be the best uh, uh, fit, and, and certainly all of them bring different attributes, but I'll be really interested to uh, see the type of wide receiver that the Packers are going to be looking for, because there's not only a lot of talent but there's a lot of um, versatility uh, amongst this group. So, Dane, is it fair to say that some of the top guys, uh, you look at C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, those guys are more than likely going to be off the board uh, when, it, when the Packers pick, um, assuming we stand pat at 30. Um, so even – uh, some of the other guys, uh, like a T. Higgins out of Clemson, he may be, you know, middle to late first round. But uh, where do you think um, um, some of these guys, uh, it makes sense for the Packers in terms of prospects to to talk about? Because um, at least one or two of these guys might fall, too. So um, wh who are who are the main guys that you've looked at that you're really intrigued by? 
Yeah, Wags, that's what's so interesting and fascinating about this draft, right, is that and, and how deep this position group is and how fortunate, Wags, that we are, um, the fact that in a year where we need a wideout, there's this many talented guys, guys that in other years um, that are going early second round would be no doubt first rounders uh, in other seasons. So I agree. Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, they're all off the board. I, I, I think that those three, that's the top tier guys that are – um, special difference makers day one, uh, they're gone. After that, Wags, I think there's a little bit of musical chairs where teams start to determine what fits with what they're doing offensively. And I think that next tier of guys is a Justin Jefferson from LSU, who um, I'll tell you what, man, if he somehow falls to us or if we're able to, to land him, he and Adams uh, paired together would be absolutely lethal. I'm probably highest on Justin Jefferson uh, out of the, the next tier of guys. But then you said it, T. Higgins, great ball player from Clemson. Uh, I think he's a little duplicitous, though, with what we already have. We've got some big receivers. Obviously, a big receiver, that's an absolute game changer. You always want that guy. Um, and then I, you know who I like quite a bit, and I'm starting to see linked to the Packers, is Brandon Ayuk from uh, Arizona State. He's got that tw a quick twitch. He's a little different from some of the other guys that we have on the roster right now. But even after that, uh, Chenault from Colorado, and then Denzel Mims, the wideout from Baylor, who I know the Packers have interviewed before. Uh, so we're starting to get deep into guys that could go anywhere in the late first round into the second round. Any of those guys, Wags, and, and I neglected Jalen Rieger from TCU, um, those types of guys could all Packers lap. And then really uh, it comes down to what type of player, uh, to your point, do we want to have? And I'd like to see us go get an explosive kind of guy who with the ball in his hand can score from anywhere on the field. Yeah, and I, I, that's the thing. I, I would I'll be really curious to see because you, if you look at – uh, a guy like T Higgins or, you know, who's very talented or, you know, if you're looking at Denzel Mims, those are big, tall guys that you're going to line up on the outside. Um, aren't necessarily the quickest um, uh, laterally, uh, but um, I, I saw Mims play actually. I mean, um, Baylor kid, I don't watch a lot of big 12 football. I'll be honest with you, but I saw a couple of his games and, that kid can ball. I mean, I'm super impressed. Um, he's got great high-pointing uh, catching skills. Um, he just goes up and gets the football. Um, a very rangy athlete. Not the tallest guy. Um, I've, uh, one of the things that um, I saw that is a, a, a potential weakness is his ability to separate. And uh, some of his route running skills need some, some work. So um, that sounds um uh, pretty familiar to some of the guys that we have uh, not to take anything away from from what i've seen of him because he definitely looks like a very intriguing prospect uh, i would be curious going back to my question of what type of wide receiver are they targeting is we've got a lot of guys in this group that are more prototypical slot players um yeah. and i mean so so that to me is really interesting because uh, they, there may be several of them available. Um, the question is, what type of grade do they have? And that would lend more, I, I think, to potentially, as you said earlier, trading out of the first round or mm -hmm. maybe just waiting to see which out of that group of guys slides to them in the second round 
Or uh, uh, another option, which I wouldn't be surprised by at all, is the fact that Packers have three six-round selections and two seventh-round selections, that we don't see them cash in one of their um, selections, either a fourth or a fifth-round pick or one of those sixth or seventh-round picks, uh, to try to move up in the second round uh, and target one of these guys that they're really looking at as well. So I think the Packers have a lot of options. But what I really like about um, some of those, um, I, I guess, versatile, prototypical slot guys, and, and I'm really looking at um, an Ayuk. He could line up either outside or in the slot um, or, you know, a, a Jalen Rieger out of TCU. He flies, by um, the way. Even a K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Uh, he might be more of a later second-round pick, but just an electric athlete um, and uh, just a guy that you can get uh, uh, the ball out in space. All three of these guys can return, um, and, you know, uh, they just give that uh, different dimension than I think we've had uh, ever since uh, we've lost – a prime Randall Cobb. So uh, I think that will be really interesting to see. Are they going to go for the prototypical tall outside type wide receiver that they seem to stock the entire position group with, or are they looking for one of these, um, you know, more versatile prototypical slot type players uh, that might also be able to give um, some ability to return um, and I, I realize we brought Tyler Urban back, but it never hurts to have that versatility, have some depth, and have that competition as well. Wags, and uh, one guy I just wanted to highlight, um, should we not go early, early uh, at wide receiver position, is Lynn Bowden. He's the uh, wide out from Kentucky. He just reminds me so much of Randall Cobb. You, you mentioned Cobb. I mean, this is a kid who um, – who, uh, wide out but he was uh played quarterback for Kentucky as well I mean 511 204 4440 remind you somebody he's very much Randall Cobb-esque um even uh, if we go early uh, first or, or second wouldn't be shocked if we we uh, double up at this position group at some point as well um so just another guy a little bit further down the draft that I wanted to keep in mind because we like finding those value guys at wide receiver. And um, he's so similar to Cobb in so many ways that maybe it's too perfect, but it clearly fits the kind of profile that the Packers might be looking for. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to stress with this uh, group is because of the depth that we see at the position, uh, we have to be patient. Um, let's not completely lose our minds if the Packers don't take a receiver and there could be some very talented receivers available to them at 30 um, because if we can get a premier player at one of these other positions that we'll be talking about here um, shortly uh, it might make sense for the, for the Packers to do that and it allows them to buy their time and still get one of these top guys in either round two or round three, or if they need to trade back up, uh, they do have the capital to do that. Um, we also have, you know, Elaine Taylor, who, who knows if that's a draft day trade or not, but that's another guy that if there's a team out there that needs a offensive guard, um, you could package him to try to get back into um, into action here and in day two or day three as well. I don't know that Lane Taylor is worth a second round pick by himself, but what I'm saying is if, um, if they are able to trade him along with 
uh, another one of their selections that may allow them to to move back up and 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 get into the into that day two or day three and target one of these other guys as well. So um, we Packers have tons of options. Um, so I'm not sh- I, if they take a wide receiver at 30 and they get the guy they want, I will be stoked. There's some very talented players here. Um, so certainly uh, it'll be interesting. Time will tell three, four years from now uh, who the cream of the crop of this group ends up being. But um, there's no doubt that they should be able to upgrade this position group and finally a talented young player to add um, if they do end up taking a wide receiver at 30. So Dane, is there any other guys here that you wanted to mention? Otherwise, I'd say, let's, why don't we move over to um, defense? Uh, let's take a look at that linebacker group because not quite as many uh, options, I think, with this group, but some very, very intriguing prospects. And I think specifically we're looking primarily at inside linebacker here. Um, and I, I think, it, to me, this is a group – that it comes down to do any of these top guys fall to them at 30 and if so then the Packers may have a decision to make as to whether they want to take one of these guys or target someone at a different position no doubt about it Wags and I mean there's some talent here so as much as I was just talking about the Packers probably should go wide receiver um there's also something to be said about a defense that's getting scary good, getting even scarier good with a, a premier game changer on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the, the reason that it might even be um, likely the Packers go linebacker uh, is the fact that they don't clearly they clearly don't want to invest a lot financially right they've tied a lot of money up in both of the smiths however you draft a guy as well uh to to play in that inside you're not going to be paying him quite as much uh you know that you would be in a free agency um kirksey is going to be able to play ball from day one uh but wags if somebody like a kenneth murray from oklahoma starts falling or dipping closer and closer to the packers i mean my hands start to sweat right because if you've got the smiths You've got Kenny Clark, and then all of a sudden you throw Kenneth Murray in the mix, a guy who can run sideline to sideline and just light people up. That makes this defense significantly better, and it'd be really hard to pass up, particularly with a deep, deep wide receiver group where you could even uh, still find some talent on day two. Yeah, I mean, he's a playmaker. He's also he's big. Um, he's got size. He's rangy. He's got long arms. Um, and you know, he, he's someone that definitely I was, was thinking about when I mentioned, if one of these guys start to fall, um, I I think the other two guys that really make a lot of sense. And and one other thing about, uh, Murray, I I mean, he just seems like a great kid, um, you know, son of a, a pastor. Um, and you know, he's, he's a old, they, his parents adopted some special needs, kids and you know he's been a great older brother to them and um so i mean just seems like from what i've seen that um he would be an awesome addition to the locker room and to the community of green bay so uh, you not that talent isn't the most important thing but getting high character players uh is definitely something that there's definitely something to be said for that i'd be surprised if he falls to the packers at 30 but um there's a couple there's two other guys that could potentially either fall or be there. Um, and, and one is Patrick Queen from yeah. LSU. Uh, and he's a, a little bit of a different player from Kenneth Murray. It's a little bit undersized in terms of linebacker, more 
fits prototypically, uh, frankly, what the Packers look for in their inside linebacker. And um, he's a, a really good cover guy. Um, and uh, dare I say, he's, he's t- the type of player that the Packers would really, really, I think, if he panned out, um, have a lot of fun with because he think of think of like a more natural Raven Green at a linebacker level, but um, some pretty good speed and uh, the ability to have those coverage skills and and bang a little bit at the line of scrimmage. So uh, a Patrick Queen and he's got a lot of sideline sideline speed as well, um, and, and so he would be someone to be really interesting to look at for sure. Um, and then uh, one other that I'll mention, and then I'll let you jump in and comment on those guys is, is Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, Wisconsin kid uh, from Brown Deer and um, um, uh, folks that are in the Wisconsin area and watch, watch Badgers football are very well acquainted with Zach. Um, and he's someone that uh, maybe is a little bit undersized as an edge uh, type linebacker, but um, uh, again, a very good in coverage and is a downhill player and can really uh, cause a lot of disruption at the line of scrimmage. And so I think that's a, he's the type of guy that could be a difference-making type player that we haven't necessarily had at that inside linebacker level um, in quite a few years. So it would be interesting to see if he's the type of fit that the Packers would be looking for. But I do know Zach Bond is a good football player, and he can never get enough good football players on the field. So it would be interesting to see if he's someone that the Packers might be looking to target as well. Yeah, I mean, Bond, I think you're right. He's going to be probably going right around that time, right, where the Packers are going to be picking there. Um, but I, I, I'm totally um, enamored, frankly, with, uh, with Patrick Queen. I was glad that you mentioned him. Uh, I love how he plays the game. Uh, he's just a hair under 230 pounds. So, like, this is the kind of guy that Coach Petten crafts a defense around. I think that he, he, the Packers, for what it's worth, are looking for that guy who's going to be able to call plays in the huddle, who's going to do those types of things, who can cover the tight end, which is something, Wags, that we have not seen in Green Bay in a number of years. And I think that somebody like uh, Queen uh, can play a little bit around uh, uh, all over the field there, runs down ha- uh, downhill as a defender, uh, pretty darn good at uh, shedding blocks. But, man, his coverage skills, I love how he can cover uh, running backs, tight ends, um, just plays well in space. So, Wags, uh, to your point, those are guys that I think are just um, really talented and exciting to, uh, to, to look out for. And uh, another guy is Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State. He's um, really uh, flying up the draft boards right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I don't know if he's a, a first-round guy, but absolutely in the second round, I think that uh, he fits, again, a little bit about what the Packers are looking for uh, out of a player. Uh, he's listed about 225 pounds, right? So, again, a little bit more undersized, but runs very, very well. Was a tackle machine at Appalachian State with over 100 tackles his junior year. Uh, some sacks, a bunch of passes broken up. Um, he's just, uh, he's one of those guys that's got that quick twitch that you look for, uh, at, at inside linebacker. And maybe you don't have to give up quite as much draft capital, uh, for a guy like that, but could also come in and impact the defense from day one. 
Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times when you look at these small school guys, they go a little bit under the radar, but um, he's certainly, you're right, a name that's been um, shooting up the draft board. So um, outside of uh, him, I think if the Packers uh, don't go linebacker in round one or round two, uh, more likely uh, they're going to probably take a guy or two later on, I would say fifth and maybe one of their six round picks. Um, to add to the depth of this group. Um, It seems like, I I mean, I could be wrong, Dane, but uh, I think it it would more likely to me the way that uh, this group is shaping up or being projected. And and certainly a lot of things can change as we know with the draft. But um, uh, it seems like it's uh, either Queen or Murray or Bond, if they're there in the Packers, like one of those guys at the end of the first round uh, that would make be the most likely scenario or uh, if they do trade out of the end of the first round and, and have an early day two selection and one of those guys is there and that's that's the guy they want um, then I think they go that route if not um, I don't expect to see them uh, go linebacker um, until I would say at least the fourth or fifth round at the earliest yeah no I I I, um, I would uh, tend to agree with you Wags. I think if if the Packers don't land what we would consider kind of a, a game changer at that inside linebacker position uh, in the first round. It's going to be a minute. Uh, that Kirksey signing, a two-year deal, uh, I think kind of solidified that they're going to like him from day one. He can go in there. He's a vocal leader in the locker room. He's a good guy um, you know, in the community, uh, but just a heck of a football player as well. Um, so that then gives the Packers flexibility to pivot to a wide receiver or potentially uh, another position there. Um, and, and that's where I'm curious. Uh, we, we touch on linebacker. We touch on wide receiver. Um, are there others on your end that you see that could really truly be a, a first-round draft selection? I, I don't think so. But here's what I'm going to do, Dane, is let's, let's um, kind of stick with that top first, second, or third round uh, you know, range that we've been talking about. And let's go over to the tight end group, if you don't mind. And um, because there's a, there's, a, I know at least one guy that you love. And um, so why don't we take a, why don't we take a moment to talk about Cole Komet? And yes. I, I think here's a kid that uh, this tight end group is not, this is not a, a real strong group uh, this year, but this is a kid that just has, uh, prototypical uh, tight end one size. Um, you know, he's 6'6", 260. Uh, he's, he's kind of a, an Austin Hooper uh, yeah. kind of wannabe, uh, but uh, he's coming out, and certainly the Packers were really intrigued by Austin Hooper and free agency. He ends up getting priced out of their market. But now maybe you got to get a chance to add a, a kid like Cole Komet, uh, perhaps in the second round is, is about where he's being projected. Um, and if he's there or the Packers want to, you know, move up a, a little bit to snag this kid, I think he could add another dimension. And listen, that's taking nothing away from Jay Sternberger, but I think it would be um, uh, uh, really interesting to see the Packers add a another young, talented um, weapon uh, to the tight end room as they're looking to make over that position. And then it would be Cole Komet, and Jay Sternberger, they're the future at that position if that's something that they want to do. So, Dane, uh, you love these Notre Dame kids. You love these tight ends. <laughs> so the floor is yours. How do you feel about Cole Komet? 
I, I, yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, uh, I'm sold on him, Wags. I, I think he's a really nice player for a team that's looking for more talent at the tight end position uh, with the departure of Jimmy Graham. Uh, you and I are both really high on Jace Sternberger. Uh, Jace and, and Komet are totally different type of players. With Komet's stature, that's 6'6", he's almost 270 pounds. Um, but he reminds me of Sternberger in the sense that he went, uh, he had a big leap uh, from sophomore to junior year in production. Jay Sternberger was the same way uh, d- to a lot of degrees where um, Packers like taking guys that are showing development. They like guys that are getting better. Um, I'll tell you what, Komet's not going to completely blow you away with his blocking skills. Um, he is, um, that's probably why he's not a first round guy right now. He's a second round guy, but his efforts there, he's getting better there. Um, he's going to be a safety blanket for a wider or for a quarterback to find a guy there. Uh, he's going to be a big target. He's got nice hands. Uh, he does everything that you're looking for and it would warrant a, a second round pick and wags. Uh, in, in a world if where the Packers take a wide receiver in the first round, uh, that can that can be a little explosive. And then we got Devontae Adams, we got Aaron Jones, and then you told me that we had Cole Komet uh, coming in in the second round at tight end to pair with Jay Sternberger and Mercedes Lewis. I would tell you this offense just got a lot younger and a lot more talented at, at positions that Aaron Rodgers will utilize day in and day out. And I would be very happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And one other kid and maybe there's a couple other guys you want to mention but one other kid that I really wanted to mention um, as a potential um, round two or round three guy and probably more likely a round three guy but um, you just never know Uh, again this tight end group doesn't have a ton of depth in it uh, is Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic the reason I really like him another uh, you know big kid six five um, uh, out of a small school Florida Atlantic and uh, but he was a converted offensive tackle. Uh, he played offensive tackle in in high school, and uh, so just a high IQ guy. Um, and you know that he's got the the uh, blocking fundamentals down. So I, you know, it would be interesting to see if this is the type of kid that if the Packers fall in love with, um, he's someone that could come in and really learn the ropes from a guy, uh, you know, like Mercedes Lewis and be uh, sort of that in-line tight end at the line of scrimmage. And Jay Sternberger is a little bit uh, – he who can line up at the line of scrimmage as well, but we see him at H-back and maybe split out wide occasionally. Uh, those They could make a very complementary tandem. Um, so that might be another guy to keep an eye, your eye on um, as a potential day two or day three selection as well. Great, great, uh, great choice there, Wags. Uh, I'm going to have to mention Thaddeus Moss uh, with the pedigree. Randy Moss's son, um, LSU tight end, had a really nice uh, uh, game in the national championship game. Um, Just a total mismatch kind of guy uh, that we're looking for. And he can move Wags. Um, You know, he he weighs in at 250. He ran his 40 time. He's listed at, at a 465 40. So a big man that can move fast, um, did not work out at the combine, but comes from a special pedigree and has flashed special skills, um, you know, potentially a, a day two or even day three guy in the draft. Um, that kind of um, uptick makes me really excited to think about the possibility of bringing somebody like him 
into uh, into Green Bay. And then one other is Adam Troutman, the tight end for Dayton. Again, a small school guy, a bigger guy as well at 250 pounds, uh, but a lot of production in college. Um, he was the go-to guy, Wags, at Dayton. He had 70 receptions for over 900 yards at tight end at Dayton last year. So another guy who might be able to get it done at the next level, again, smaller school, but sometimes you can find some real gems there. Uh, I love it. I love it. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, tight end is a, a position that uh, none of these guys are projected to be first round picks at this point. So more than likely, the guys that we mentioned, um, if the Packers really like any of them, you're really more looking at uh, second or third round. Um, Dane, is there anyone else or any other thoughts you have on this tight end group? Or um, I mean, what are the what do you, what do you think the likelihood is that we see the Packers add to the tight end group um, in the first three days of the draft? Yeah, it's a good question. I. I, I think it's, it's a, definitely a position group that Lafleur likes to have in his offense. Uh, Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis has a year, maybe two left in him. Jay Sternberger, a third-round guy. Um, Bob Tunyon has um, had some injury issues. So they're not going to stand pat at the tight end position. And uh, for a team that talks about the importance of it in that offense, I just got to think, Wags, that um, – it actually plays to their strengths that there's not a ton of top line first round guys in there, but there's some um, mid round guys. I think it's the odds are higher than um, maybe being reported that the Packers take a guy in the second and or third round um, there uh, and find a guy that has enough skill set to to uh, throw some blocks, but also to help out in that pass game and give Aaron Rodgers uh, some critical help there at tight end. Yes, absolutely. So, Dean, speaking of blocking, uh, why don't yeah. we uh, move over to the offensive line? Because uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, Ricky Wagner is a guy that's being brought in uh, ostensibly to be our starting right tackle. Um, and and that's certainly seems to be the plan, at least for the next couple of years. But would you be shocked if the Packers um, look for the next player to add? Because, uh, look, we're looking ahead here. We've got Corey Lindsley is going to be a free agent. And, you know, we, we just lost, certainly, um, uh, Brian Bulaga to free agency. Um, and we've got David Bakhtiari is going to be a free agent. And certainly the Packers are going to be doing everything they can to extend him. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it will be very interesting to see. I would be curious what their plans are for this offensive line group over the next couple of years. Because... It would not shock me, Dane, if um, if Corey Lindsley is someone that, as much as we like him, that they don't uh, necessarily look at as uh, as a guy that they want to pay a lot of money to. Um, and so it might make sense to get out a year ahead and um, uh, potentially as well with Rick Wagner, uh, he might just, he's just a stopgap guy, right? So uh, mm -hmm. we, we could be looking at offensive tackle or maybe in the second or third round, particularly uh, another interior offensive lineman as well. Yeah, Wags, um, I, I would agree. I think if we're looking in the first round in particular at O-line, it'd be a tackle position player. Um, and, and I look at some of these guys, um, that, that could potentially be there. The Packers worked out Josh Jones, or excuse me, interviewed him uh, before the, the draft. He's that big offensive tackle from Houston. 
uh, just a mean streak, nasty football player type of guy that uh, you and I both really, really like. Um, if they don't go early there in the in the first round, another guy who has been um, projected in the first or second round that I really like is Austin Jackson, uh, the offensive tackle from USC. Um, he projects to be the kind of Packer offensive lineman that uh, that um, just seems to fit in with what we uh, what we try to do there. If I'm not mistaken, his grandpa was a Packer at one point. Um, so uh, I saw a dra- an interview with him recently where um, he he mentioned that his favorite team's Green Bay. It'd be kind of fitting for him to come in and play at Lambeau Field. Uh, but yeah, Wags, there's there's an awful lot of talent at the, at the offensive line position. I would tell you it's going to be Tristan Wirfs, the, the the tackle from Iowa, uh, but he's going to be the probably the the top tackle off the board. Um, we love our Iowa guys, but I, I unfortunately don't think he's going to fall all the way to thirty for us. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you know, and usually uh, with these top offensive linemen. Uh, there's there's almost always a run um, on those guys, um, you know, in the uh, top, you know, second half of the top 15, and then they just start to fall off the board, it seems like every three to five picks or so. So in most typical drafts, and this is, this is by all accounts, not, not a, you know, a super strong year for offensive line, but a fairly a typical year. There's some, there's some good talent in this group. So uh, usually you're looking at anywhere from, you know, four to seven guys um, that are going to be drafted in, in that top 30 to 35 or so from the offensive line group. And um, uh, it looks like uh, there's five or six guys uh, that definitely are projected to be in that um, middle to, um, you know, uh, late middle of that first round. So uh, certainly if one of them falls, uh, the Packers will have another decision to make a la with that linebacker group, um, depending on who else is there and, and who they really like. So um, you mentioned that Josh Jones is someone that the Packers uh, did some some homework on, um, and so certainly they're doing their due diligence to make sure that they're prepared. Um, so, Dane, I don't know if there's anyone else. I, I we didn't talk about any of the interior guys, but um, I really have a I have a, a hard time projecting. Um, mm-hmm. You know who might be available, um, and, and a lot of times with those interior linemen. I mean, you can get some pretty quality guys in the third, fourth, even fifth round. So um, I, I think uh, I would just say uh, that's a position to keep an eye on. Uh, I would not be shocked uh, to see uh, the Packers expend a pick uh, on another interior lineman uh, in, in that range and, and try to uh, just make sure that they've got the uh, most versatility and, and the most young talent that they can uh, just looking ahead out into the future as well. Yeah, no, I I would uh, completely agree with you. Uh, one guy just a little bit later, because I like to, to, to highlight these guys once in a while, uh, Sadiq Charles, the offensive tackle at LSU, really talented guy, uh, got into some trouble, um, was suspended six games last year for a violation of team rules, uh, but I, I – uh, I highlight him because he's another guy that the Packers did an interview with. Um, he might be a guy who's going a little bit later. Uh, those red flags might scare some teams away. But if he knocked that interview with the Packers out of the park, 
maybe they see a guy who could have been a uh, day two talent that's going in day three and the Packers always looking for, um, for opportunities to get better. If they think that is behind him or if it was a poor mistake, but not a trend uh, could be a guy that ends up in green and gold uh, come the end of April. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dane, and then I think Ezra Cleveland is another guy out of Boise state just to mm-hmm. keep an eye on if he, if he slips down later into the second round, um, where the Packers are taking a 60. He might be another name that the Packers might look at. He's very, very athletic offensive tackle um, and really uh, has great feet. Uh, someone that uh, is, is, is a very good pass blocker. Um, and, and so uh, someone that uh, I think would be a prototypical type of uh, offensive tackle that seems to fit well in, in this Packers system. So um so anyway, so Dane, I think we've covered most of the primary positions that we're going to be looking at. You said at the top, though, that you really wanted to look at cornerback. So that's interesting that you say that. I, I think you always want to add talent to this cornerback group. Um, I'm not sure I completely agree with you, but make your case. Where, where, do you think, where are you seeing the need? Is it more just... We're not sure what we have in Kevin King, and is that a guy that we want to resign next offseason? Let's draft another corner, and that way we, you know, if if he moves on to some other opportunity, we're still, you know, in good position. Or, or what is your whole thought process on the corner group? Yeah, so that's my dark horse, Wags. It's 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 definitely one where I think it's less likely. Uh, with with uh, some of the other needs and position groups that we have out there. Um, that being said, I look at it, uh, the, the, the group, the position group. Kevin King was historically healthy. Uh, you know, this is the healthiest he's ever been this past season in his career in Green Bay thus far. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Um, so a couple things there, looking long-term uh, at a depth pres- uh, p- at depth there at corner, but also um, maybe not me personally uh, knowing if he's going to be able to show up for 14, 16, 17 games uh, again next year with his past uh, history. I would say Jair Alexander is uh, well on his way to being a a lockdown corner uh, for the Packers. I really love Shannon Sullivan. I know you and I both do. Showtime uh, really showed up. Um, but after that, we're looking at um, Josh Jackson, who's a, a, a previously was a second round pick, who I think is, is still um, has a, a possibility of doing a lot of really good things on the defensive side of the ball. He's showing up a lot on special teams already. But then we're looking at Kadar Holman, who's a later round guy, KB Anento who uh, was a special teams guy, our buddy Deshaun Amos, who just came over from Canada. Um, right now we have Tremont Williams as a free agent getting a little bit older. My point being, if, you know, goodness forbid that Jair Alexander goes down, um, we're right now looking at Kevin King in Showtime and then Josh in the slot. Um, teams have definitely rolled out worse. I think that, again, that um, there's a lot of talent there in that position group. However, if we're sitting there at 30 and Christian Fulton starts to, to fall from LSU or a Trayvon Diggs from Alabama or a Gladney from TCU or, heck, even a A.J. Terrell from Clemson, all these guys that are looped in that middle to late first round, um, if the Packers think one of those guys is special and they think they can pair 
Jair Alexander with a special corner on the other side of the ball or other side of the field. Um, it just wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that they improve their defense day one, but are also looking towards the future uh, with the potential of Kevin King not being there. So again, I think it's less likely. I don't think that cornerback is a need. I like the guys on our roster right now, but if they think a special guy's there and he slips, um, heck, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I see. I completely see what you're saying. And and I don't know. Listen, I don't know if Kevin King is in the long term future of the Packers or not. I like Kevin. I think some of his durability concerns are definitely a factor. Um, he had a pretty solid year last year. And I think yes. it was basically his first full season uh, for the most part staying healthy. Um, so I, I really like Kevin. I would guess if that if, if we see some of these corners fall i think that makes it more likely that the packers are in a position to trade out of the first round uh for for another team that um has a, a more of a need uh for cornerback position i don't think that's going to happen i mean you look at the first round uh the vikings have two picks in the 20s and we know they need cornerbacks so they're more likely to take a couple of guys some of these other uh top talented guys are, are you know going to be in the top 15 so um i this isn't usually a position group that you see a lot of guys foam. Um, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Packers add talent to this group. I, I think they're definitely going to draft some corners um, when they take a corner is the question. I really like um, Kadar Holman. I think he's an intriguing prospect. I think that we have um, uh, quite a few, um, guys uh, in that position group that I'm very comfortable with right now, uh, both from a talent standpoint and, and the level of experience and, and uh, their level of play that we've seen. Um, so I just don't really see this as a, a real need this year. Uh, I would rather, to be honest with you, corners, uh, first year guys we've seen been a lot of times they're able to come in and if they can stay healthy, um, contribute right away. So I think it's, it's more likely that we look for, if we do move on from Kevin King, we can draft a, a corner early next year. I think we have more needs elsewhere. Um, and, and listen, uh, you know, the, uh, we started with the cliche of taking the best guy available. So mm -hmm. if the best guy available is one of these top corners that does fall, if, if the Packers don't want to trade out of that position and they feel strongly about it, sure, by all means, pull the trigger. Um, I would be comfortable with your your thought logic behind it too. It never hurts to to add talent whenever you can. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, we're we're in a good position. Uh, we're fortunate, I think. Mostly, I think that Goody has done a heck of a job in free agency, not to try to sign the one big big name player to a ton of money, but instead sign um, Wagner and sign Kirksey. Sign these kinds of guys that help the position right away to afford the Packers immediate flexibility to do what they, what they can. Um, I have a lot of confidence on the guys on this roster, uh, position to position. Um, I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, Wags, if it's not wide receiver or it's not inside linebacker, I would actually be pretty darn surprised. Um, but uh, you just never know in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dane, I think one other position that we really should probably take a look at is defensive line. And, uh, you know, one of the challenges with the defensive line position is it's, it's typically hard to get 
one of those blue chip difference making guys at the defensive line if you're not in the top 15. And this year, uh, the top two guys in the defensive line are definitely projected to be top 15 picks in Derek Brown out of Auburn and Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. So those guys aren't going to be there on the board at 30. That said, I think it's fair to say that the Packers have a little bit of a need at the defensive line group, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Wags, I I think so. It's been um... – it's been it's been an interesting um, thing to kind of watch, right? With the uh, with the Packers here, there. I think that we've seen Montrevious Adams have uh, not be able to grow the, probably the way that the Packers had hoped for when they drafted him as early as they did. Um, I think that um, we both really like Tyler Lancaster and, and as our run stopping defensive lineman. Uh, however, you know, I think that he was probably playing a few more snaps than he should have been this last season. Uh, Dean Lowry, we just paid the, to, um, to to keep him around, but we kind of know what we have in Dean. He's a steady player, um, but he's probably never going to be that guy that is making jaw-dropping play after jaw-dropping play. Kenny Clark is a difference maker. Kenny Clark is a defensive lineman that you build – uh, your team around and uh, he's going to be a free agent after this year um, we're going to re-sign Kenny Clark Wags I'd be absolutely shocked if we didn't uh, however uh, to your point there's enough room here at the D-line you can never have enough guys that control the line of scrimmage that punch the other team's offensive lineman in the mouth and perhaps if the Packers find a guy um, that that really um, interests them uh, it wouldn't be off the realm of possibility that we go defensive line early, uh, either round one or round two. Yeah, so one guy, you know, at defensive tackle, um, Ross Blacklock out of TCU, um, is is a guy that's projected to be a, a late first round or early second round pick. So he might be someone to take a, a look at and keep an eye on. And then a couple of other guys that could be – in that range are Jordan Elliott out of Missouri and Waquan Davis out of Alabama. So uh, these are some guys that, uh, you know, would bring some, some young um, talent and athleticism and uh, size uh, to that interior defensive line group. Um, and uh, we've said before, um, Kenny Clark uh, is uh, very, very high on him and expect Packers. That's someone else that we'll be looking to extend. Uh, but uh, he could he could use a little bit of help. I, I, I like some of the other guys we have, but the reality is uh, the overall talent uh, at the defensive line position uh, when you compare to the rest of the league. Now, our outside linebackers and edge rushers are sucking to none, but I, what I'm talking about are our interior defensive linemen. Um, you know, we've got some good players there, but I wouldn't mind seeing an upgraded talent at that position group as well. Yeah, I, Wags, I think Jordan Elliott is really somebody that uh, intrigues me over there uh, from, from Missouri. Uh, just like how he plays the game a lot. He, he plays all across the defensive line. Um, you know, he played the nose, but he's also played the five. He's played the three technique. Um, just the kind of guy that the Packers like too, right? They like to be able to move guys around across the defensive line. So just somebody that I wanted to highlight 
um, as a potential uh, day two guy, second round guy. If he's there and the Packers feel that he can fill the need, uh, he might be a guy that ends up in green and gold. Yep, absolutely. Both both Elliott and Davis are uh, projected to be more in that second to third round range. Um, so those are a couple of other guys. And uh, certainly, you know, it, it, it really depends, um, as we said, on, on where the Packers feel like they, they need the, the most need. Uh, but um, if they like one of these guys, I would definitely expect them to pull the trigger and um, add another talent. Uh, to that defensive line group because um, we've got some some guys that have been part of the team here for a couple of years and and have uh, contributed well but I think uh, be fair to say are are somewhat limited in terms of their overall upside Um, so I'm comfortable with who we have but um, you know uh, it would be nice to see if they're able to get um, someone that could be a difference maker from that interior defensive line. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, Wags, I think that we've really touched on a lot of the, um, the a lot of the position groups. Um, but I, I will say that um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second here, uh, since we're both from Wisconsin. If Jonathan Taylor's there at the end of the first round, does he have any interest for you? Uh, both our running backs are free agents after this year. Uh, talented guy. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are Wisconsin Badger fans. So, what's your two cents? Um, not at 30 uh, for me. Uh, just personally, I, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he um, is uh, uh, the type of running back that would fit very well in the Packers uh, running scheme, uh, that zone blocking scheme, very patient runner, um, sets up his blocks extremely well. Um, and I do think the Packers need to take a running back. Uh, I just don't see them taking a running back in the first couple of rounds. Uh, personally, I, I, I would not expect to see that happen, and I could be wrong. Um, I could definitely be wrong. Uh, but uh, to me, I don't want to take a running back uh, at, at the end of the first round. I would rather, uh, t- I would rather be in the second or third round if you're going to go high uh, with a running back. Um, be just just from a, a cost uh, and value perspective, uh, it usually makes more sense to. Uh, try to nickel and dime that position a little bit more. Um, and Jamal Williams is, is, is a guy that will be interesting. I, I really like Jamal, but I don't think the Packers are going to re-sign um, both of those uh, running backs. And, and, you know, listen, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they want to do, but um, it makes sense that they're going to bring in another young guy to compete at that running back group uh, so that uh, they can be a year ahead. But, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. I don't think it's a real need in this draft, um, but um, if they want to pull the trigger and uh, get a year ahead of of that group, uh, and it never hurts, uh, that's another group. It doesn't hurt to have that extra depth because injuries always happen, and they were very fortunate in how healthy um, both of our guys were able to stay last year. Wags, one more Badger. I, I have to do it. Um, and kind of going full circle back to the wide receiver position uh, where we started. Um, Quintus Cephas is somebody that really intrigues me. I love how he shows up in big moments. I think that he is um, very fluid, a natural wide receiver, catches the ball well. Um, he's not going to be a, a top top round guy, 
Um, but somebody who, after a year off of football, I thought looked like he, he hadn't missed a beat on the field. Um, what are the thoughts of somebody like him coming in if the Packers double dip and they, they take a wide out early, but maybe a guy a little bit later in the, in the draft as well. Cephas has shown that he can play in cold weather, um, shows that he can move the chains. Is he somebody you think the Packers could have on the radar? Yeah. I mean, he's one of a bunch of guys that they could take in that fourth to sixth round range. Uh, I actually completely uh, agree with you that they'll probably take more than they're definitely gonna take more than one wide receiver. They almost always do. Um, and, and I don't see it, one of the strongest wide receiver graph, drafts in years at a position they desperately need to upgrade. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they draft three wide receivers, uh, Dane. I mean, uh, and they're going to be getting some of these undrafted guys too. They're going to stock up this wide receiver group. There's no doubt about it. I like Cephas. Um, you know, he's, uh, doesn't have quite the speed uh, that, that necessarily that you might be looking for in that um, uh, top guy. Uh, but uh, he's someone that clearly has good ball skills. Um, he can uh, run good routes. Uh, he's got a little extra size, um, a good possession receiver, um, maybe a rich man's Geronimo Allison. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, not comparing him to Geronimo, but like, you know, um, um, not the fastest guy. He has a little bit of size, but I think um, has really strong hands. Um, and, uh, I, I, I too, uh, like what I, I saw out of Quintus and, and talk about a guy that, uh, went through some adversity and, and came back stronger out of it. Um, so, uh, seems like a very high character guy, um, uh, especially considering all of the, you know, off field drama that you think went on, uh, by all accounts, he's actually a very high character kid. So, um, so yeah, um, if he's someone that the Packers are intrigued by, uh, in that later round range, absolutely. Uh, but um, in general, I would say that the Packers will definitely be taking multiple wide receivers. Wags, I think we ended up touching on every position group, more or less, uh, by, by the time we ran through it here. And uh, guess what? The Packers could go complete 180 and do something else that we didn't even mention. <laughs> Yeah, like draft a quarterback, which was completely <laughs> what we're said we're not going to do. Um, yep. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's that's why, you know, we were joking. It's it's so hard to, uh, you know, um, project what's going to happen in the draft. And so we wanted to just keep this to one one episode and doing the draft preview. There's there's some of you guys are are draft nicks and really love this stuff, and and we do, but. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you can spend hours and hours and hours studying and looking at mock drafts and projections. And um, I'm sorry, no offense, but 99% of the time, you're not going to get more than one pick right anyway. So uh, you may as well just kind of look at the whole overall framework of what the team's trying to accomplish. And I think that's what we just did here today. Yeah. Um, Wags, uh, I, what do you think? I think that folks should find us on uh, Instagram and, and, and Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and, and tune in. We've got some, some special guests lined up here in the near future. Uh, go back and listen to some of our past podcasts. We just had Deshaun Amos on, a uh, new defensive back uh, that played uh, uh, over in the CFL last year. Great interview. Great kid. Hoping that he can make a, the leap to Green Bay and make the roster here. Um, but just please rate us, like us, 
and, and keep following along and, and send us messages. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, because we have a lot of fun doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to keep this pretty streamlined in terms of our off-season content. This is an off-season like none other, uh, <laughs> but uh, trying to keep it as normal as we can. So we've got the draft preview. I think we'll, you know, kind of uh, do a recap of the draft in a couple of weeks. Uh, as Dane said, a couple of interviews coming up. And uh, then uh, it'll be interesting to start looking at the late stage free agent moves because I think the Packers may have another move or two up their sleeves um, probably most likely post-draft as we get uh, later into May. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, uh, what additional moves they make to round off this roster. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, Wags, I think that we can wrap this thing up the way we always do. Say it with us. Go, go back, back. Go. Go.